has COVID-19 affected business aircraft catering? And what can you expect to find on your next flight? From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. There's not a single aspect of business aviation that hasn't been touched by the COVID-19 pandemic. And among the virus's earliest impacts was on aircraft catering and cabin services. In fact, at first, these services essentially stopped as crew members and passengers alike were understandably concerned about transmitting the virus through even casual contact. Now more than eight months later, many aspects of the in-flight meal experience have returned to something more resembling normal, and catering is again available for most business aviation flights. But how has that experience changed, and can we expect this to continue even after the pandemic finally ebbs? To answer those questions, I'm joined today by Roger Lehman, Vice President of Operations for Air Culinaire, and John Detloff, Chief Operations Officer for DaVinci In-Flight Training Institute. Roger, the food handling industry was already extremely sanitary and highly regulated even prior to COVID. What changed regarding meal preparation and packaging once the pandemic took hold? Well, I'll tell you, Rob, it's been a very interesting and learning experience so far. If you can imagine when COVID came out in the beginning, it was still a mystery. Business aviation caterers are FDA inspected. It's just not locally inspected, but we're FDA inspected. So when the CDC sends out guidelines, because we're inspected the way we are, we have to adhere by them. But one of the things that was interesting is that the CDC sent out the guidelines and then basically the FDA wanted to know, hey, by the way, how are you doing those guidelines? So we were hit with a very interesting scenario because as you said, kitchens are typically clean. You know, we're, we're very good at cleaning services and watching about biological hazards and, and cross-contamination, even chemical contamination. And here we're, we're hit with something that is airborne which actually isn't too bad in a kitchen, just like on an aircraft, you have uh, the air is refreshed frequently uh, in a kitchen. They have a vent hood that a million cubic inches an hour is being replaced in a kitchen. So it makes it a little safer. But again, you know, you're dealing with something that's floating in the air and, and it's not in a liquid or something like that. So the big question for us is how, how do you handle it? And not just for our guests, but for the employees that worked in there. So we had to come up with a couple of scenarios. Obviously, the the one, you know, we already wear gloves and all that, but it, it moved to wearing masks. It moved to using a product that is safe for, for food. Anytime you have a biological thing like this, it's like, okay, what chemical do we need to use to kill it, right? And when you're dealing with food, the last thing you want to do is contaminate your food with chemicals used to get rid of the coronavirus. So working with uh, even some of our partners and that uh, came up with hypochlorous acid as a solution. And it's something that uh, if you've gone to the dentist, you've probably gargled with and it's uh, good for wound care and it's on the uh, COVID killer list. So it works for that. So it wasn't all just about spraying things down for us. Now we had to sanitize kitchens. We had to sanitize our delivery vehicles. We had to sanitize other things in, in a way that we hadn't before. And that's where we started using a fogging machine to go through and fog the kitchens so that we could get up in the nooks and crannies and the, the air conditioning vents and this and that. So it has really been a whole another level of sanitation and one in which we have documented and sent out. And that's what we report to the FDA. So it's it's been a, a whole learning process. I have a feeling that 
probably myself, I'm going to speak for John, but even our own employees probably have a couple of college credits in microbiology by all the information we had to read and discern and act upon because of the COVID. And John, of course, the pandemic also placed new emphasis on proper procedures for cabin crews handling in-flight catering. It's funny how food safety has become more popular. Um, Back in the day, you know, Roger and I could talk to a crowd about food safety and half the crowd would get up and leave. In today's world, I get at least two or three phone calls a week from flight departments and cabin crew members calling to say, how should I handle food nowadays? And the big thing is handling the food is has always stayed the same because of strict food safety guidelines that air and air follows and other a lot of in-flight caterers follow my biggest key when it deals with handling food is actually to use an aviation caterer because they are trained in making sure that food is safe so they they use a cook to chill method compared to restaurants and hotels that use a cook to serve method And that's why I always recommend using an aviation caterer because during this pandemic, everybody was kind of worried about where to get the food. And some were taking it from hotels, restaurants, even from their own home. And there's a possible of more cross-contamination. So handling the food hasn't really changed that much, but I think everybody's taken all the necessary steps of making sure where they're getting that food and that supply chain is being followed. But at the same time, the flight tents are taking more precautions of sanitizing and cleaning the aircraft. So I, I've heard some flight departments using just disposable plates compared to China. However, your China is actually better than your disposable plates to use as long as they're cleaned and sanitized properly. So a lot of flight crews now are going through, I'm going to say, food safety training protocols and getting their food handler certificate, um, an aviation food safety training um, certificate for their flight crew. So therefore, their passengers feel safe that they have some training in food safety. And then as well as the cabin itself is making sure that everything is cleaned and sanitized. So therefore, they're not stocking out as much items on the aircraft. You're going to cook the food, serve the food, and even all the snacks and everything like that are going to come off board the aircraft. So therefore, it hasn't been touched by anybody else besides the crew and the passengers that were on that flight. Have there been any changes to the handling and disposing of meal refuse to be in compliance with Department of Agriculture and or Customs and Border Protection regulations in the COVID environment, John? Yeah, I mean, I think especially dealing with the CBP is that and flying international that any food that's coming international is going to be disposed of properly. Um, Back in the day, a lot of times flight crews will take the international trash and drop it out the back door and and that's it. Flight crews now sometimes have to carry the garbage, I'm going to say, and dump it into the dumpster so, because, so nobody else is handling it. That nowadays they're actually going through the aircraft much more detailed and making sure everything is off that aircraft that should be um, disposed of per the regulations. We'll have more from John and Roger in just a moment. But first, this word from NBAA. NBAA continues to lead the way in providing innovative events that help people connect turn business opportunities into realities, and move the industry forward. That's the idea behind VBase, NBAA's all-new virtual business aviation convention and exhibition, where our industry can reconnect, regroup, and move not just online, but ahead. VBase will be the first ever completely immersive online business aviation trade show, incorporating many of the traditional elements of NBAA's successful live events. That includes more than 200 virtual 3D exhibit booths, 
two keynote presentations, press conferences, education sessions, and more. Taking place December 2nd and 3rd, VBase will bring our entire industry together with diverse and exciting content and offer the important opportunity to make connections with the largest number of customers and prospects in the business aviation marketplace. For more information about VBase and to learn more about complimentary registration for NBAA members, visit nbaa.org slash VBACE. We're back now with John Detloff and Roger Lehman and our discussion about how COVID-19 has changed in-flight catering options and procedures on board business aircraft. Roger, has COVID affected the availability of any specific meals or ingredients used by Air Culinaire? Part of what we do is obviously we have relationships with our suppliers and those would be beef and chicken and whatever. So one of the greatest quotes I heard from a chicken supplier was that, we are currently working at our most inefficient state ever. <laughs> so that means that they had shields between, they could only have so many people uh, processing chicken and and for a while there, even beef, chicken, there, there almost wasn't an industry that was affected in the supply chain. So even as Americans and even as air culinaire, we normally get produce from all around the world so that you you always have what you need to make, um, let's say, fruit trays. Well, all of a sudden now there's an interruption in supply and we learned a little. We went back to just being chefs, like what's available and what's the best way that we can produce something for a guest. So in that case, supply was an issue. I will tell you that to-go packaging <laughs> all of a sudden went crazy. And that so the COVID affected supply in, a, in an interesting way. I don't, the, the prices are just now getting back to a more stable area. But before, beef was the highest it's ever been in, in more than 15 years because there is supply and demand. There was plenty of cows. There just wasn't enough people to process the cows. So sort of a weird explanation, but that's what happened with a lot of things. As far as what people ordered, what we found is that in the beginning of the pandemic, people weren't really ordering food. So what you could see from your business aviation caterers that we were taking care of the crews because the crews were on duty and they also didn't feel comfortable to go out <laughs> and try to go to an outside entity to get food at that time as we're dealing with the mystery that was COVID, right? So a lot of what we did was take care of crews. And later as the passengers came back and uh, began flying, there was a lot more individualized orders. A box meal is, is sort of a generic Thing. It could be a bento, it could be anything. But what you found was that the many passengers were ordering a box type meal. So it was individual for one. And then even when they ordered trade items, fruits and crudités, and that they were making them individualized instead of for sharing on board, which would be typical. In spite of some differences with availability and procedures, John, can passengers now expect a more familiar experience with in-flight catering than what we saw in the early days of the pandemic? Correct. So, I mean, I think more and more flights are becoming a little bit more normal because I think, especially in the private aviation, we are taking all the necessary steps to make sure that everything is cleaned and sanitized, that we're using the aviation caterer, that the FBOs are cleaning and sanitizing more. So I think in aviation that the passengers are are realizing that I can have that same high level service as long as the cabin crews and everybody takes the necessary measures to make sure that food is safe. That you do see a little bit less as I'm going to say that family members flying together. Yes, they're more inclined of 
ordering food that they might share with everybody compared to if it's a business trip that they're going to order more individualized serving. So therefore the flight attendant is giving that passenger that specific meal that's meant for that passenger only. And nobody else is going to be handling that food except for, for that passenger. Roger. Yeah. And I, I agree totally with John. There's a big correlation between food safety and food quality. You can't have one without the other. And the better you are with food safety, the better the quality is at the end. And I think the pandemic had us really look inside at what we're doing, how we're doing it. There's always opportunities to do better. And I think in the end, it helped. It helped us. It helped the industry to be even better at at what we do when it comes to food safety, the relationships that we have with our suppliers, the cooperation that we've had with the FDA, which you wouldn't get in a restaurant, but you, you have it in your business aviation caterers and how all that stuff works together. So as we're coming out of the other end of this, which I'm sure we're coming out of the other end of this, we're knowledgeable even on the, and, and I will call it the back end as being the caterer and the supplier of the services. And then on the front end, given the flight attendants and the crew members, the tools they need to take care of that end. So it's a horrible thing to happen, but we used it in a positive way to get better. And given that these new procedures have further bolstered already safe catering practices, I'd imagine they're likely here to stay, right? Yeah, and and it is pretty interesting. The industry itself has been pretty safe, and now we're even better. But I think part of the the training and the experience of COVID is not just what's within your kitchen. We found that while you added all these protocols in the kitchen, that you really needed training for the individuals so that they could take that home with them because that was a weak link in the chain of trying to control COVID within a population of employees was that they were doing the protocols, but they didn't quite understand everything. And then when they get home, they weren't following the guidelines there. So it's, I think, as an industry, as a group of employees and, and all that, I think we're all a little more knowledgeable, at least about microbiology and virology and, and how these things happen and how to protect yourself better. I think Roger hit the nail. It's definitely going to be here to stay. And because a lot of times when it came to food safety and a lot of the procedures that we do follow, we sometimes looked at the caterers that they're in charge of the food safety, but it's really, we're all in charge of the food safety. You know, we're all one team and we're all trying to get through this pandemic together. And, you know, knowledge is key in that we're, if we all share our knowledge and we all take the proper steps, we'll get through this. And we've already seen it recovering a little bit. But I think food safety is a major concern and everything that's happening in 2020 is that they're getting more training on how to properly store that food at proper temperature, how to clean and sanitize the aircraft better, how to heat the food proper better, you know, where to order the food. So I think all these steps are here to stay and it just makes everybody better. In addition to our conversation today, a recent NBAA NewsHour highlighted catering best practices during the COVID-19 crisis. For more information about this webinar and to watch a recording, visit nbaa.org forward slash catering. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts in the App Store, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking Alexa or another connected device, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and join us next week for a new episode of Flight Plan. Flight Plan.